Welcome to the Positive Deposits podcast, where we transform minds to change lives. My name is Presley Nelson Jr., your host, and I'm so, so, so excited today. Um, but before we get into this, um, I just want to give a moment of silence. And um, uh, in this moment of silence is for George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, and Breonna Taylor. So let's just pay respect and give a moment of silence. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> so, man, you know, June is National Survivors Month. I don't know if you knew that, Flo. I and didn't I'm, know that. Yeah, so June is the is the month, and I'm so on fire just because, one, I'm a two-time survivor, but... Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm a bison, two-time survivor, but for you, this is the ultimate survivor. And when I, you know, and I say that because like when I saw your Instagram, I was, and you told me, but just seeing it, I'm going to just say it like this, 16 rounds of chemo, 28 rounds of radiation, six weeks of physical therapy, five surgeries. And then you ended off with, I'm still here. You hit your three years in remission this year. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, um, I'm just, I'm glad because I don't know if I told you, but you're the first bison um, to be on the show, and we're doing the Howard Heroes series. So all the nice. Howard Heroes, we uh, we got. I mean, the, the list goes on and on of fellow bison that actually beat and survived cancer. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, okay. when, what were you diagnosed, and what age were you when when this happened? I was 29. Two months, literally two months shy away from my birthday to the day where I was on the phone with the doctor and they said, we found cancer. This was after they had done a biopsy, but I actually went to the doctor and said, hey, something's not right because the tumor grew so fast and so big that if I was wearing this shirt, you could see a hump oh, wow. through my shirt. And I was like, that's like, I had had benign cysts before, fibroadenomas as they're called. Um, but they weren't painful. They weren't big. They didn't grow, you know, to a size where they were noticeable or anything. Yeah. And that was when I was in my teens. But this one was different. It hurt. It was tender. Like, I couldn't give anyone a hug. Like, if I reached and hit something, I would literally tear up. It was definitely different than what I was used to. And then when it did the biopsy, they found it in three places. So let me ask you, mm-hmm. what type of cancer did they find in three places? So I had invasive ductal carcinoma. It went from the muscle all the way to the skin. And then I had cancer cells in the lymph nodes, four out of 15 lymph nodes on the right arm, which is why I wear the sleeve since they removed those. And then the lymph nodes here at the collarbone, they found cancer cells here as well. So this is three, this is breast cancer, right? Yes. This is breast cancer. Got you. And I was diagnosed at stage three C. So at first so, it was so 3B. What's that? Yeah, what is, what is, because, so like for me, I had stage one, large B-cell lymphoma, and then I had stage four. But with breast cancer, you said 3C. So obviously it's stage three, and I'm just, know what I know is like three places. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm assuming underarm maybe. Um, but for breast cancer, what does that mean? Three, breast cancer 3C. Okay, so at first I was 3B based on the, 
initial size that they thought the tumor was. That was before okay. I did uh, one of the scans and they knew it was in the lymph node. So after I got the results of my scan, they were like, oh, it's bigger than we realized. It ended up being seven centimeters by seven centimeters by seven centimeters. Jesus. And because of the, it's basically the size of a cutie. And it literally touched the muscle to the skin. And they said, we can't just cut it out because we would mutilate you and you'll just have to do more surgeries, which yeah. is why I ended up doing chemo. But the size of it and the fact that it moved so much, if it yeah. had gone anywhere else, I would have been terminal. They so let just me ask you. said I was stage four. I know you jumped in and said you had the biopsy and things of that nature. Let's mm -hmm. go back. Okay. When did you started to notice something was wrong? Like when did, when did, before you got the biopsy, what, what what was happening you know you said you saw the lump but was there anything that happened before walk us through that so actually uh webmd told me i had cancer before i went to the doctor the only time they've ever been right for me um was it through a blood like through your blood like how did they know you know actually um i don't i don't know how graphic we want to be but this, no this is this is where survivors thrive so let us okay. know what it is yeah so the first symptom beside the pain and you know something growing and it being odd there was bloody nipple discharge okay which is obviously not something that generally happens yes. like sometimes breastfeeding mothers will go through things like that but i wasn't right, right. in that stage so i didn't understand what was happening so i looked it up and one of the potential causes was cancer so i mm. went from there and i went to the doctor and i said hey this isn't right immediately because i had to get um, I had to see an OBGYN before I could get a referral to see an oncologist. So, and to, and see a radiologist and do all the tests. So I went to the OBGYN and said, Hey, this isn't right. Literally pointed it out like, Hey, this isn't right. right. And all he said was, you're absolutely right. So <laughs> like, it wasn't oh, a, Oh, let's, look, let's <laughs> examine it. No, it was just like, mm, you're right. So yeah. here's everything you need. So went to see the, uh, radiologist. They, um, had me do a mammogram. Yep. Which generally women don't do until they're 40, which wow. should be much younger. Um, I know two other women that got diagnosed in their 30s with breast cancer that went to Howard. Okay. Um, so definitely that should be younger, but I digress. Um, did a mammogram, did a breast ultrasound and a biopsy within like two weeks. Jeez. So I went to the OBGYN April 27th. I had the biopsy, I believe it was May 18th, after right. all the various appointments in between. May 23rd, I remember I had my biopsy, but I had a girl's trip planned and I said, hey, I'm still going. I don't care. I was bandaged well, up So where did y'all go? Where did y'all go? To Columbia. Okay. Medellin? Look, I was taped up. No, we actually went to Cartagena, but Cartagena. I was all okay. taped up and everything, getting in volcanoes. I was like, I can't submerge myself in the water, but I'm going to have fun. If it's going to be <laughs> cancer, I'm going to have fun on my way out, okay? So right, right. I went and they actually called my mom first. My mom was with me when I got my mammogram and like with the blood, uh, not the mammogram, excuse me, the biopsy. So after laying flat and losing blood and them doing everything and then having to stand up and then get a mammogram, which is painful. Okay. So for no matter what size breast a woman has, and men can get breast cancer too, but specifically for the mammogram yeah. when women get them, I actually don't know how men get them, but I digress. Um, they literally squeeze your breast until an inch of your life. It's super painful, especially wow. when you have something that hurts already. 
and they just squeeze from all these different angles to try to get a picture of what the inside looks like, what the tissue looks like. So after getting biopsied in I think three places and then putting metal clamps in my body, they then had to yeah. squeeze me. I almost fainted. They had oh, wow. they sounded an alarm. My mom's waiting and she's like, What's happening? The nurse is trying to <laughs> make her feel better. I'm like, oh no, it's fine. My mom is like, yeah. You haven't even been in there. It's not fine. Right. They really had to restrain my mother from coming in that room. But wow. I was hyperventilating. I was lightheaded. They had to sit me down. I had a trash can between my legs. Like it was really bad. So I get back from Columbia. They'll say all that to say I get back from Columbia. My mom drives from where she lived to where I lived in Florida four hours away on a Monday morning. Yeah. She shows up at my door unannounced. Clearly, I already know what the doctor said. I'm like, you right. just drove here on a Monday. I I'm pretty sure I got cancer. So she was like, I just wanted to be here when you called. Okay. Called the doctor. We found cancer. Okay. Wow. I didn't even go through like the five stages of grief. At that point, I had accepted it. I was just like, okay. Yeah. I didn't cry. I didn't, I was just like, let's fix it. I was like, take one, replace one. Just give me some new girls. I'll be ready by my birthday. It'll right. be fine. Like, I was just like, there's no reason to get upset about it. It's here now. What are we going to do? Just fix it. But like I said yeah. before, they couldn't just do the surgery. Right. So let me ask you, you know, um, and you're just walking me through, you went on vacation, you know, <laughs> things are going on. And, but like, when you sit back and think about it now, like when you found out that you had cancer, how did you feel? What were the emotions? What was what was going through your mind? Was it a tornado? Um, I like for myself, when I, I found out during CBC, wow. and I was out with my peoples. We were at the B Smiths, right at Union Station. Mm -hmm. And you know, my line brother was like, Man, you don't look too good. I was, I'm good, you know. But once I fast forward, once I got to the hospital and the doctor said I had a mask. I just broke down and cried, you know, because I'm like, I'm 29, see, 29. Um, I have cancer possibility before they did the biopsy. But for you, like, what did that feel? Did your heart drop? Like, what was that moment when, you know, when you found out? I think I might be one of the oddest cancer patients ever. <laughs> cancer, well, first of all, my cancer didn't make me feel sick. I was probably in the best shape of my life. I was working out five, six days a week. I was yeah. counting macros, all that kind of stuff. It was, it was so surreal to me to get cancer while I was trying to be so healthy. Wow. Um, so I felt fine. And yeah. I tell people all the time, cancer didn't make me sick. Chemo did. Chemo. Um, Are we going to get this into that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I felt fine. And once like all the changes started happening with my body, I was just like, you know what? It probably is that. But I also was just thinking, I know other people that have either beat it or lived long enough to enjoy their life. Or I actually had a work mom that had breast cancer, did chemo, and it was terrible for her, which is why I was like, just do the surgery. Take one, replace yeah. one, give me some new girls, it'll be fine. Um, so my fear was chemo. Chemo, okay. And now, so why were, you, why were you afraid of chemo? Like, you know, because we all hear about it. We, we, we see it, we look it up, but what was your fear? What was that fear that you were feeling about chemo? When I saw my work mom go through it every day, she was still coming in the office, but she couldn't hold down any food. Like she, she was literally surviving on Slurpees. And then yeah. she would throw that up. We would walk to 7-Eleven so she can exercise, get some air. And then on the way there, she's stopping at every trash can to vomit. She gets right. her Slurpee and she still can't hold that down. 
Right. Um, you know, she lost her hair. She was irritable. She just wasn't herself. She was so vivacious and full of life. So for her to turn into this other person and then I lost her mm. and then my mentor had stage four cancer and they gave her six months, but she made it another five years. And no matter what the treatment was, she never knew what she was going through. We were still traveling and living it up yep. and everything else. So I was just like, well, she did all these surgeries and, you know, she might've done the experimental things and clinical trials, but she lived. Right. So I was like, just do the surgery. I'll live. I'll survive that. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't want to do chemo though. So that was the thing that upset me. That's what made my heart drop when they told me I had to, and I thought it. I was like, no, just do the surgery. So you, you, so you, you were afraid of the chemo. You were like, no, not happening. But you had to do the sixteen rounds of chemo. Like, what was that? What was that like sitting in the chair? You know, in that first, because you, did you like how many bags did you have to go through? I had. I've always had to do four. I or, did. What kind are of you? Chemo? Are you counting the saline? We don't gonna count that. Okay. I mean, we can count well, it, but I mean, you know, they have to give you saline. You know. I think because I was on the what is it, the Red Devil AC oh, is that what yeah, it's called? You know what the, I know what the Red Devil is. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so I did AC the first four weeks. Okay. Um, I think it was just pink bag and then like a white bag. White bag. And yeah. I think, and then I did Taxil, which I was allergic to. I literally would have itching fits, and it was mainly on the bottom of my feet. I don't know if you have ever had an itch on the bottom of your feet. But when it's uncontrollable, I was having panic attacks because my feet were itching while I was driving so, and everything. So like, it was so bad. So for, for those, like, you know, we know what this stuff is, but, like, it, it's explain, you know, I wouldn't say it would be, like, uh, chemo for dummies. You see what I'm saying? But, but like... For the what, uninformed. For the uninformed, what does it mean with chemo? Like, okay. is there certain kinds? What, like... Talk to them about that, especially for women or even men that may get breast cancer. Okay, so let me back up. How was it in the chair? The chair was very comfy. It was a recliner. It was plush. They gave you snacks and juice, and they tried to make you as comfortable as possible. They would give me warm blankets. I have a pillow. Some people watch TV. Some people read books. Yeah. I tried to sleep. Only problem was you're attached to a bunch of bags of liquid. You're going to go to the restroom all the yeah. time so sleep really isn't an option um but i got a port put in oh yeah. let me back up so the reason yeah, so why i, I ended up walk, doing so chemo, then, yeah walk us walk us through the the whole thing okay so said no to chemo oh yeah. let me sorry let me back up one more time before that the first time i cried where it was cancer related was when i realized i would never be able to breastfeed my children mm. Like, this is not me even knowing I may not be able to get pregnant, menopause, all that. Like, that came later. But just the thought that if I did the surgery, I would never be able to breastfeed because I wouldn't have any mammary glands left. That was the first time I cried. Yeah. The second time I cried was when I accepted I had to do chemo. Yes. Yes. So, and that happened when that scan I told you about where they showed me just how big my mass was. The mass was, yeah. That's when I accepted I had to do chemo. They uh, did the scan. They had a board that Thursday. I came in that Friday. They showed me the results and what right. the board said would be the best case. And they had this board where they have a bunch of doctors come together to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is the case. What do you recommend? And everybody has to come to a consensus. So they came to the consensus on Thursday. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't. What happened? What? What? Pro 
what hospital are you at? Because I needed that because they just, <laughs> I did not get that whole, <laughs> you know, the whole board meeting and everything like that. Like, So this is the funny part. I moved to South Florida April 17th of 2016. Okay. I had been in Afghanistan for a year, right. got back to the States. My mentor passed from cancer in March. Right. Right. I moved in April, got diagnosed in May. Jesus. And, you know, when you're looking for an apartment in a place you don't know, you're looking for familiar stuff, certain grocery stores or amenities, things like that. I ended up being 10 minutes door to door from the breast cancer center that's renowned in the area. Right. Okay. So then so, they, they had the meeting and then you had to go get your port, right? You had to get the surgery for the port. Mm-hmm. So Thursday, board. Friday, I accept I have chemo. I break down at the hospital. Monday, I get my port. Tuesday, I start chemo. Oh, wow. So you, you started chemo. Um, when did you know you had to do the radiation? Um, towards the end. No. Was it the end of chemo or post-surgery? There, they had been mentioning radiation, but it hadn't been required at that point. Um, so, you know, you sit in the chair for hours, you're there all day, whatever. Right. I had my allergic reaction. They had to switch my drug. So the, my last nine weeks, I was on a different drug. Why and they had to switch it, it? Because of the itching and the panic attacks. Like I was getting rashes. Um, my heart rate got up to like 160 or 180 before treatment one day because the itching was just so intense. I couldn't sit yeah. still. I was like, like a Mexican jumping bean in my chair. Wow. And so this place had, you know, integrated medicine, acupuncture, massage, spa, wig place, all that attached to the breast cancer center. So I had been routinely getting acupuncture during treatment. So the lady saw me that morning, put some pins in my ear for me to calm down just so I yeah. could get treatment. Um, but anyway, so after I finished chemo, October, 2016, I had my surgery, November, 2016, they found cancer in the margin, which means, uh, even though they took both breasts and the lymph nodes, they still left the nipples, but they still Uh. found outside of the extra perimeter that they take around your mask, they found cancer cells. So they went back and took a nipple. So I got one headlight, as I say. Um, one and headlight. With, <laughs> and so with the cancer in the perimeter, they were like, oh, yeah, definitely doing radiation just to make sure we got it all. Yeah. Right. Um, so after the surgery, I couldn't lift my arms over my head. I'm stuck like this. So I had wow. to do physical therapy because for radiation, I had to be like this and yeah. be able to hold it for 20 minutes. Right, right. So I did the six weeks of physical therapy just so I can get my arms high enough to do radiation. Right, and right. I did it 28 days straight, and it was very tiring, but I made it through. Man, Ooh. I'm sweating thinking about it. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm, I'm sweating, sweating with these hot flashes. <laughs> right. Um, what was your support network like? You know, like, um, you know, your not only your family, did you have bison family that was supported? How was that? How was your 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 village? So that's the crazy part. Um, so I'm originally from Florida, so. I was about four hours away from my hometown, a quick day trip for my people because no one understood when I was like, you know, I don't want to talk. I don't want to, you know, at that point I started chemo and they started these injections that put me into menopause on top of the chemo, putting me into menopause. So I was moody and all of that. But my family was like, we don't care. They just kept popping up on me. My sister flew in 
I don't even know where she was at that time. Like she's overseas right now. So there's no telling where she was um, during this time, but she flew in to go to chemo with me. My friends drove down. My mom drove down. I actually did the last 12 by myself. Cause I was like, that's too much. Like y'all yeah. got jobs and stuff. It's fine. Um, but I've had support from total strangers. Yeah. I've had just random people I've met that supported me. And I actually met a bison randomly at the nail salon. We, we everywhere. We're everywhere. everywhere. And we were at Howard at the same time, and I never knew her. But we started hanging out. She got me out of the house. She was the only person I knew in a city where I knew nobody. Right. And I was stuck in the house because of cancer. So it was great. Yeah. How do you, you know, you, you had support, right? How important is it to have a support network, you know, um, rather than some people don't have support networks. So how, how, how did you feel? How was it important to you to have that, like, to have that support around you to get you through this, this tough period of your life? It was so crazy. I was so ungrateful. Wow. I was so ungrateful. Um, and I don't know if it was just the moodiness or what it was or me just dealing with it and the severity of the situation. I yeah. didn't want to talk. I didn't want to be bothered. Like sometimes I wouldn't answer my phone. The only person that was guaranteed to pick up was my mother, but that's because yeah. she would just drive four hours and be like, you didn't answer the phone. Um, and I had to smile and put on a happy face and I didn't want to. And later I explained to my dad why I was so distant, but I'm so glad for all the people that pushed and were like, I'm gonna be there for you anyway. When you're ready, I'm here. Yeah. Or the people that just popped up at my house and was like, hey, hey, let, let we just go sit here and watch cartoons. It's fine. Um, right. But the thing is, your mindset is so much more important than the people around you. Yes. Because some it's people around you yeah. want gloom and doom. And I had to tell people, if you're going to call me and cry, if you're going to call me and tell me how upset you are, if you're going to yeah. call me and tell me how stressed out you are about my diagnosis, you're getting hung up on. I did a Facebook yeah. video and I said, don't call me hooting and hollering and all that. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's not, we're, we're positive over here. We're good. Yeah. And see, the, the crazy thing, I, I like that because I, I did the same thing, right? There was people that the nurse would call um, and would, woe is me. And I, I just said, you know, respectfully, I can't, I, you know, I'm good, you know, but I kept that same energy. Like I treat me like I'm normal, right? Don't treat me like I'm a, a, you know, a sob case. I can't, I can't do it. And so um, I'm glad that exactly. you were able to even put it out there. Like, Hey, do PSA, if you're going to call me with your woes and worries, do not call me. And so, um, and you, like you said, you kept it positive. Um, and I think that was the big thing that helped everybody else get out of the, Oh my God. It was just like, yeah. we're laughing at this. So I got my family on the hashtag cancer. Yeah. Uh, bandwidth right. where it was just like if I was walking slow or tired or whatever <laughs> hashtag cancer yep you already know like so I was able to get them to laugh about it oh goodness I was so so tired all the time especially yeah. with radiation like one uh one session mind you it was only 15-20 minutes long I slept in my car for three hours I didn't even leave the parking lot oh wow I was dog tired with radiation with chemo I had nausea but Never vomited, thank God. You know, I lost okay. my hair. Um, I think it was just that feeling of not feeling well. I just wanted to curl in the ball and sleep all the time. Right, and then right. the hot flashes, which I still gotcha. have. Did your diet change? You know, for me, it was kind of backwards, right? I was eating all the good stuff. 
I wasn't I, like I was eating Jamaican food. That was my thing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Jamaican food was my thing. Now, I should have been eating, you know, better. But did your diet change? Did you, you know, I mean, like, how was your <laughs> so, eating habits? I when they first started talking about treatment, I was like, I'll go vegan. It's fine. I'll just go vegan and it'll it'll clear right up. I'll be good. They were like, you can go vegan all you want to. You still need to do all the other stuff. And I was just like, right. boo. Um, but it was crazy. Going through chemo, they were like, don't lose weight. If anything, you need to gain weight. We don't care what you eat. Eat. Just eat. Because yeah. I didn't want to eat. I lost my appetite. Right, um, right. They were like, just eat. And then I lost my sense of taste. So I basically survived on mango. That's mango. Remember the, the Colombian mango where they put like vinegar and salt and pepper and all the stuff on right, it. Right. That was the only thing I could taste. So I basically survived that summer on mango. Um, but they were like, you just got to keep eating to make sure that you don't waste away because if you lose weight that's going to be bad you know going through chemo whatever and throughout the whole thing they were constantly checking my blood all that kind of stuff and anytime i was consistently eating healthy my calcium was too high my potassium was too high my this my that whatever when i was eating crap i passed my blood work with flying colors so with my potassium being too high i had to go to the emergency room because they thought i was going to have a heart attack so now and then I get there and they're like, oh, it was a false positive. They probably let it sit there too long. You're fine. But now I have a $1,200 bill plus whatever else they're going to bill me for. Because y'all want to send me to the emergency room. I said never again. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Now, um, I see you have the, the arm sleeve. Why- yep, my lymphedema sleeve. So what, so what is that? Like, why do you have to wear that? Okay, so lymphedema is where the lymph, uh, <clears throat> lymphatic fluid fills up under the skin. Okay. And so since I don't have lymph nodes or all my lymph nodes on the right side, the fluid won't just go naturally like it would and process oh, wow. through. It'll literally sit under my skin and make my arm swell. So I massage my arm every day and okay. I wear this when I work, especially if I'm lifting anything, moving around, working out, I have to wear this because if my arm swells up to the point where massage won't make the fluid go out, they have to literally wrap my arm to yeah. like squeeze the fluid out it just becomes a whole big mess so i've been wearing this almost every day for three years now four okay. years so we in this covid 19 right um <laughs> staying in with my mask <laughs> right i don't i know i don't got my mask either but what precautions did you have to take or you know are you can would you say you're considered high risk so i've operated like i was high risk ever since i started chemo even okay. After I finished treatment, I always fly with a mask on, all of that, even before COVID. So now I haven't been flying. I've been social distancing. I've been staying in the house as much as possible. Like my job is, you know, doing the the plan to get us slowly back in the office. I said, no, not I. I'll be the last yeah. one. Make sure all of them are good first. Mm-mm, I'm not going in there. So um, you was already social distancing before this became a thing. Right. I've been working from home for the last four years. Like I was working remotely even in Florida. So <laughs> COVID really didn't change anything for my life. <laughs> because at you all, was, other than I was already anywhere. used to it. You was yeah. already used to it. Um I didn't ask this, but does does breast cancer run in your family? No. I don't have the gene. I don't have a history of, of it in my family. Um, I think they tested 17 genes. Okay. Inconclusive. And so right now. You're, are you considered in remission? Yes. Yes. Okay. So after I finished uh, radiation, March 2017, that's when I was officially in remission because they felt like they got it all. Okay. So 
and so like for me i i have to stay i'm in remission they say five years you're good to go what is it like for breast cancer is it the same thing as it five years or is just whenever it pops back up like what what is that for breast cancer survivors it depends on your type of breast cancer so i said earlier mine is invasive ductal carcinoma it's also her two negative hormone positive so that means that my naturally occurring hormones feed my cancer so estrogen progesterone feed my cancer so that's why i'm in menopause right now i've been in menopause for four years now um and they want me to do it for a total of 10 years because they're cuckoo for cocoa puffs to think that this is normal for any kind of treatment but that's what it is so i get an injection every four weeks and i take a pill every day to keep me in menopause and then i take another pill for the side effects of menopause in my 30s what, what are um, the side effects hot flashes all the sweat all of it um you can be very uh irritable and moody um basically you act like an old bitty yeah so i you, I became you can't really even enjoy your summer because you're already getting the heat plus you're already feeling the heat I'm hot inside with air conditioning. I have a fan blowing on me right now and I can burst into flames at any moment. But with the, the side effect medication, it's a lot better than what it used to be. I was literally sweating buckets all the time. So now it's at least a little bit better. Yeah. Now it's like three times a day. I counted one day, it was 20 times in 20 hours I had a hot flash. 20 times in 20, Jesus, Jesus. So um, earlier you mentioned, you know, it was disappointing that you could no longer breastfeed. Um, do you want to have, you know, if it's too much, you know, uh, to ask, but like, do you, are you still looking forward to motherhood? Do you still want to have children? So that's one of the things that I think is important going into it, especially a woman with hormone positive cancer. At yeah. the beginning of this, they asked me if I wanted to freeze my eggs, but it would be 10 grand up front. Depending on your situation, you may be able to get grants. I wasn't eligible because I work for the government, so I have government-funded insurance. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't end up freezing my eggs. I was like, I'll, I'll take my risk. Mind you, I wasn't dating then. I'm not dating now. So right. me thinking about kids, I'm like, I'm not even in that headspace right that now. Space, yeah. um, and then I have to like stop my treatment to try to have a kid, which means my hormones are going through the roof, which means my cancer might come back just so I can have this hypothetical baby yeah okay um but then on top of that you know just all the regular things for kids they're expensive they're loud it's a lot i don't know um so i i don't know but again yeah. i'm single so i'm like eh, maybe one day but i have my sister's like hey i got eggs my best friends are like i'll carry it i was like oh and y'all gonna keep me from stress merge i love me <laughs> yeah because i mean you know I'm, I'm a new father i think i told you um, you had a baby, or yeah. Yes, so I so yeah, I, I had a baby um two weeks ago. Yes, it's been Aww. two weeks. You know, baby girl. Um, and you mentioned about freezing. I didn't freeze my sperm, so this is a miracle, baby. I, yeah. I, yeah. So, um, but I, I think that you know you know your body, and and thank God you have that village. You see, what I'm saying where you got surrogates and things of that nature, and so um, that's awesome, awesome. Let me ask you, you know. How do you feel as a survivor and you're able to still do the things that, you know, you like to do being an investor, an entrepreneur, you know, you got this finance blog, like, how does it feel, you know, to, to be able to get through this in, 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 in I think I don't want to mess it up, but this, this type of cancer that's 
through hormones through the roots, but you're still here. I mean, to be honest, looking at you, you you're vibrant. You're the same vibrant flow that I knew from Howard. You see what I'm saying? So how does it feel to be a survivor? You know, this is Survivor's Month. How does it feel? Well, thank you. Um, I don't always feel as vibrant. But again, that's a mindset thing. That's a positivity thing. I don't wallow in my diagnosis. And I try not to wallow in my ongoing treatment, even though it is frustrating. But I think my my thing is I'm here. So I'm going to live while I'm here. I'm going to learn from my mentor's example where I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So let me yeah. make the most of it. Right? right. So I like to talk about personal finance. So, oh, they're going to pay me to talk about it. Okay. Shoot. I could do this all day. You know, I still like to travel. So now I can't travel as much as I used to because it's very draining on my body, especially being dehydrated, being in the air a long time and all that kind of stuff. Like I cannot travel the way I used to, but yeah. Maybe I don't go to four countries a year. Maybe I just go to one. Yeah. You know, maybe I take shorter trips, stuff like that. Um, but I'm like, if I was a survivor or just surviving because I'm here, yeah. you got to make the most of your life. Like one thing I've learned, life is short. No matter if you get a cancer diagnosis or exactly. a bad report card, whatever it is, life is short. Make the most of what you got. And like, I've even been you know, relearning algebra. And I was looking at my entrepreneurship textbook from Howard the other day, like, whatever it is you want to do, just do it. What's the worst that can happen, right? Like, yeah. just go for it, Try live. Yeah. While you have life in your body, while you're able. Like, I was uh, working out the other day and I told my friend, I was like, isn't it crazy that we do simple stuff and we take it for granted? Like, yeah. you can do crunches with your legs in the air. There's somebody that can't do that. They can't hold their legs up. Just little right. things like that. Or I couldn't raise my arms over my head. And even now, because of my surgery, this arm doesn't stretch as far. And I don't have the range of motion like I used to. Yeah. But I can still use this arm. They didn't have to take it, you know? Just live be positive and live. Like so, you know, here are positive and positives. I'm big on, you know, the positivity, the positive messages. Um, you know, that's what our not my nonprofit is founded on the positive messages to, to build that inspiration and hope. So if you could give any woman, any man that is dealing with breast cancer, you know, two to maybe three positive deposits, what would those be? First and foremost, appreciate the life you have, appreciate the love you have and find the humor in every situation. It's mm, there. I like that. Just dig for it. Wow. Those would be my three. And I feel like those three and have changed those again. my life. I like that. That I felt good. You know, <laughs> what were those three? You know, I used to be a poet back in the day. You know, I, um, <laughs> appreciate the life you have. Yeah. Just you have life in your body. You're able. You're you can move. You can still think. You can still function. Yeah. That's a start. Wake up every day with gratefulness for that. If you start yeah. there, it'll just, you know, uh, trickle down through the rest of your day. Even exactly. if you just hold on to that little bit, especially when things get rough and hard, you don't want to get out of bed. Right. And guess what? You're in a bed. You know, you got AC in this heat. Like, yeah. <laughs> just little appreciate things. Just appreciate the life you have, right? Appreciate the love you have. Your support system, even when they're getting on your nerves, they love you. Yeah. You could be going through this by yourself. You could be going through this, you know, with people that didn't care or that, shunned you because they didn't know how to handle it or whatever like i've had guys walk away from me because i said i had cancer i'm like okay that's your loss i'm great i am freaking right. awesome cancer and right. all <laughs> um so 
it's one of those things where it's like when you have people that love you and that ride for you and that are like, we got cancer, we we gonna kick cancer, but appreciate those people. Even if in those moments, like I said, they're getting on your nerves because it's gonna happen when you go through chemo. You don't want to be bothered. You don't. Right, right. You just want to go to sleep. But appreciate those people. Yeah. And then finally, find the humor in every situation. I don't think. I don't think I had as much fun in a hospital as I did when I went in there with a smile on my face mm-hmm. and just said, hey to people and talk to strangers, especially people that look down in the lobby. He's like, right. girl, you got this. Right. Like, this is just a temporary situation. You're good. Like I've met so many amazing people just talking to strangers at the hospital or people yeah. seeing me smiling and they're like, how, how do you sit here and smile going through treatment? I'm like, we're both exactly. in the same chair. It's a choice. It's a choice, yeah. There are people that dress up to go to chemo. There was this elderly lady that uh, had regular treatments, and she would come in dressed to the nines every single time. I wore a dress almost every single uh, chemo session I had. And on my last day, they sang a song, and they, they recorded me dancing to the song, and they put it on the hospital Facebook nice. page because I was like, this is what we do. It's right. like, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm like, yeah, I'm in a chair, but guess what? I'm not at work. Somebody's gonna bring me lunch. I'm gonna have fun while I'm here. Just find so, the humor in it, find some joy. Exactly, so I love that. Appreciate life, appreciate the love, and find humor in anything. Um, Flo, you know, um, it was so great talking to you, man. Like, um, just, you know, walking through your journey, it just, I'm smiling because like, not only are you a bison, but you are a Howard hero. You are a Howard hero. And um, if folks, you know, wanna, you know, stay in touch with what you're doing and things of that nature. How can they find you? You know, like Instagram, Facebook, your websites. Talk to us. Where, where can we find you? Instagram would be your best bet. That's where I put most of my cancer-related stuff and all of my finance stuff. Um, so it's no cancer flow, you know, because I'm on okay. my no cancer flow. <laughs> you see what I okay. did <laughs> So Wordplay, uh, wordplay, nice. I try a little something. So N-O-C-A-N-C-E-R-F-L-O-W. That's on Instagram. Um, I don't really use Facebook that much anymore. Okay. Even though there are some great support groups on Facebook, but I've actually connected with a lot of like random thrivers and survivors on Instagram. We love the hashtag. So (laughs) um, you can find a lot of support for all those people that are going through it or know someone going through it. There are resources out there. I try to share those as much as possible, especially in my stories, because I follow a lady that's stage four in Canada and she has like her whole Thrivers gang. Like yeah, yeah. they go hard. They go so hard. Um, I, I follow a girl out of Brooklyn. She has like slate cancer shirts. Like I have several of her shirts. Okay. Um, any organization that really promotes like breast cancer awareness month, I support them. So I know a couple of finance folks that do that. Right, right. Um, but all of this stuff I share on my Instagram. So that's the best way to connect with me. And when I tell you strangers, Hit me up in my DMs like, hey, I'm glad you share your story. I'm rooting for you. All of that. Yeah. It's just like, this is so crazy. This is what social media is for. Moments like this. So you heard it, y'all. No Cancer Flow on Instagram. That's where you can find Flow, Miss mm-hmm. Lewis. And, you know, um, for those that don't know, you can catch Positive Deposit Podcast on all your streaming platforms and your YouTube channel. And so thank you, Flow, for being a guest being our first Howard Bison guest. And um, thank you for having me. And um, we appreciate you. And it's a thank you so much. No, thank you.
thank you.